Hello, this is Black Country Blokes Chewing the Fat. Listen, listen, listen. I've been hearing a lot lately about men don't talk. But in my experience, men do talk, just people aren't listening. So it's going to be me and a group of blokes discussing our struggles and victories through life. Warning, there may be some bad language, so apologies to all the mums, especially on my own. Let's get going. Listen, listen, listen. I've been the artist of Black Country Blokes, chewing the fat about everything it is mental health, disability, and life in general. Here with me, Kev Dillon, and my partner in crime, as always, Lee Cabman. And today we're joined by the amazing Jodie Dancers. And we, we often say this on this show, and we've talked about it just off air. Different communities out there, and, and they're saying, oh, mental health doesn't affect us, abuse doesn't affect us, problems don't affect us. All of these things, be it addiction or mental health or anything, anything out there, does not care where you live, what the colour of your skin is. Problems are problems. All they, The only thing that unites us is that we're human beings. So, and you, you've been battling it as well as a podcast. You've been battling it with dance, haven't you guys? Yeah, we have. Yeah, I mean, like we said off air, like something that's not spoken about in our community widely enough or openly enough. And we wanted to change that perspective and, you know, seeing the struggles and ourselves. Like we knew we had to use our platform to just make it more public knowledge. And I think it's take. What we need to do, what we start off as men's mental health, and we're still ambassadors for that, but it's, we've got to make these taboo subjects more talked about. So we're all, we're all parents here. So hopefully when our children are teenagers or of um, adult age or mommies and daddies themselves, these conversations won't be difficult. It will just be, I'm having a problem. How can we get you better? Yeah. And that's the goal, isn't it really? Like, to get to that stage where they don't have to worry or don't have to hide and suffer in silence. And I think, like, w- with our culture, it's always, I think the biggest issue is, like, not issue, but, like, listening to elders or elders are always right. I think mm. I think Oriental and Asian cultures have that instilled in us. And I think that's where one of the issues originates. So we're talking about the generational change for the next generation. This generation is struggling in the sense of when we speak about mental health, no one listens because then the generation prior to us Yes, they had it hard, but mm-hmm. they say, "Well, we had it hard. You haven't got it as hard as us. So Deal you sh- yeah, yeah, so you should be okay." But I think that the pressures are different. Societal change is different, and especially being second or third in terms of immigration, children of immigrants, second or third in line, is the expectations are completely different as well. So we have all this, all this mishmash <laughs> going on. But you hear that a lot, don't you? Back in our day, we just got on with it. Oh, and I, I see that in the boxing world. And they go like, um, well, didn't do us no harm. I went, well, actually it did. I remember every odd spar and I remember. And I went, you should learn from the mistakes. Yeah. Mm. How that made you feel. Well, it toughened you up. No, I remember every good I did and not one made me tough. Yeah. It is our job as a teacher, as a parent, as a, a sensei, as a coach, as whatever, to make it better. Learn from the mistakes. Just because I've done something for 100 years doesn't mean I've got to do it for another 100 years. We should learn and make it better. And I think with that, the difference is fear and respect. Mm. People think fear is respect. (laughs) It's not the same thing. If you're scared of a good hiding, that doesn't mean you respect the person. It means you're going to grow up to not like them. Mm. Um, And we we see a lot of this, especially within our community, in terms of um, lack of abuse. Um, not, Not as much now, hopefully, but in terms of like gender differences, role of a woman, role of a man in the house. Um, then how you how you raise your kids and then like you said it's, it has an impact so for example like we said we're all parents whatever we do our kids are going to see that so now do i want my son growing up seeing me for example be my wife or do i want him... not that he doesn't no, no, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> i tried it once and she got the better of me <laughs> <laughs> yeah or do i want him seen in a more respectful equal manner and i think like you said as a teacher that's the respect. People see what you do and they want to do that as opposed to, I'm scared of him, I'm going to avoid him. That's not the, it's not the same thing. Isn't it funny, being a teacher, I, you remember those teachers who you hated and he was the bully who'd grab, went back in our day when he could grab you by the scruff of the neck and you, you, you didn't respect him, you hated him. Yeah. But I remember Mr McKenzie is dead now, a geography teacher and I hated geography but I, I took geography for Mr McKenzie. What a remarkable man and I, I was always sad that he died before I could take him out for a beer. Aww. Because 
but I, I remember his name. Whereas, you know, them people beat him family, beat yeah. in education. And as you say, you remember him, but not for the right reasons. No, no, no I agree with that. And I, the same, same for me as a teacher. Now, it's not about being liked. I don't mm. think I, I like so and so. It's about, okay, like you said, you respect that teacher and you'll go that extra mile for them. Mm. And then w when we talk about mental health, um, if you have fear, you're not going to approach that person. Mm. Whereas if you have respect, you'll feel in a safe environment, okay, I will be taken seriously because you can open up to that person. And it's not about comparisons yeah. either. Like my mental health is mine, yours is yours. I yeah. can't be like mine's worse than yours, yours is worse than mine. It's about listening, and I think that's where the respect comes in. Yeah. I think it's also good because we talk a lot about this on counselling. I think, as you say, it's not a competition. We we have got we've got something in common. I've had my wobble, and I think by opening up and saying, "I've had this," I've had depression, mm -hmm. I've had anxiety. You know, you open up a bit about yourself. That can open the door to the conversation, but it hasn't got to be well. Blumenick, well, I also went to work after my... And you go, well, no. Because how you can perceive things, how you deal with things... It's like when people go, oh, I've got a high pain, pain threshold. Well, how do you know? Yeah. <laughs> how do you know what you, you can withstand and he can? Or you could have your leg cut off, but he could go to work after his mom dies. Pain's yeah. a funny bugger. It's hard to read. Yeah, and that's it. I think, like, obviously, since we became parents, we experienced our own mental health and... Um, it was like we like we said off air. We speak about it with people, but when you go through it yourself, it's it's crazy because like you know of it, but when you're going through it and you're just mm. like, oh my gosh! And like with him, it was him that realised about my postnatal depression. To be honest, and he was like, you do need to get help, but I was still at that denial stage. Like, no, I'm fine. I'm just having a bad day or whatever. But then the like the days go on to weeks and months and. You know, if you didn't say anything, it's just going to get worse. And it's hard. There's no playbook. There's no playbook to that. So when you see, the first thing I saw was the mood. The mood changed. So it went from happy, very happy when we had little one. Then it just switched in a, in a matter of weeks. And then they say it's baby blues. You'll get over the baby blues. Okay, you'll get over this set of baby blues and the next set. And then eventually, like, I was because I, I remember having the conversation, like, you need to speak to someone. And um, obviously she, she got upset in terms of having that realisation of, I saw that penny drop moment, oh, okay, I need help. Because at the end of the day, how I see mental health is, it's like any illness. Like I heard the one comparison, one of our talks say, people treated mental health like cancer, it'd be a lot better in the mm -hmm. sense of when people diagnose a cancer, they want to treat it straight away. Because if you let it manifest itself, it'll get worse and eventually, like, yeah. affect what well, might be the end of you. And it's the same with mental health. Like, if you let depression slide, how long is it before you start thinking, I want to hurt myself? Or I think that's it. The end. And it's the, the mentality needs to change. Yeah, it needs to be treated the same as physical health, doesn't it? Yeah. If you and that's any physical. If you break your leg, you you're in the doctors and they've got a plaster on your on your leg before you know it. It's X-rayed. It's done. But with mental health, everything's delayed. Oh, we can't see you until two weeks time and and or, yeah. or four weeks time and and there shouldn't be that gap in between because there's a lot of desperate people out there some some will go oh four weeks okay i can do that others it's you know i can't get through this hour let alone mm. think about it in four weeks time well that's it and i think even gps themselves probably need to be a bit better because when i had my postnatal checkup it was horrendous and i went left there feeling worse than when I went in because she was she was asking a million and one questions but it wasn't it was just like a tick box exercise I felt and it was just like okay how's your mental health uh but that like are you not not like you know expanding on it or anything you're feeling okay and basically that was it nothing like anything further probing questions or and it's just like if someone's really suffering and they're scared to talk about it how are they going to speak about it in that environment when you can tell they're just doing it because they have to, not because they care? But maybe that's where, because if you're, if they diagnose someone with a physical problem, it is very much a checkbox, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, you, you, I don't know, you've got a runny nose, you've got a sore throat, you've got this, you've got that. Well, you've got flu, you know. <laughs> Whereas you're right with with mental health, it needs to go in there deeper, doesn't it? Because yeah. I know if I'd have sat in front of a doctor and 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 
I wouldn't have. I wouldn't. Have, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, yeah. just, just feel a bit. You you don't you don't feel comfortable admitting it. What's really going on, do you? No. Um, and it does take a doctor with a compassion, really, yeah. and someone who you feel you can talk to and get along with, not someone who's going on the yeah. on a checklist. And and sometimes you find it's like, well, how do you feel? Yeah. I feel I feel rubbish. But describe it. You're going. It's not like a word. Yeah. And even I, I, I feel shit. Yeah. You know, and it's and it's and it, it takes someone, as you say, an empathetic soul to go yeah. bump. I think it might be and kind of guide you into it. Yeah. Yeah, because I think when because um, then I started struggling with anxiety and I I sort of knew it, but I didn't really want to go to doctors and admit it. So. For me, like with 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 Rab, it was clearly like a, a mental state in terms of her mood. So I could clearly tell it was depression. Whereas, whereas for me, I felt physical effects of it. Yeah. Um, my chest pain was it was bad. Like I'd never felt anything like it. And obviously, chest pain. Firstly, you think heart, okay, and then they're like, okay, let's get that tested. It's fine. So why am I still getting the chest pain? Um, and it's 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 still on and off. But I think. Like I don't know if it's as a as a bloke thing, but the first thing you want to get treated is your is your physical side. Mm. Like yeah, I'll deal with the mental side later, but I just need this pain to go, then I can crack on as normal. But what's normal? <laughs> well, that that it's Bangor because I'll, I'll go into anxiety in a bit. But with the, the postnatal, I mean, I talk up here mainly to men and everything, and we were saying off air like when you have a child, you think it's going to be Lion King, like lifting Simba up, and and when you haven't got that stereotypical feeling. And it, you know, our next, our next thing is guilt and yeah. shame, and 100%, yeah. And then the fear of they're going to take it away. I've messed up. I'm a good person. I, and it's dreadful, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I always thought like I've always said like, oh, I want to be a mom. Like, cause mm. I want three kids. Yeah, I was like, yeah. oh, I want a big family. And then when like this happened, I was just like. I think one, it's a shock to the system anyway, like your life's completely changed. Mm. So that was to deal with that was really hard. Um, and then, yeah, like those feelings, like feeling like, why am I not enjoying it? What, that's like, not what you planned. And then you're like, did I make a mistake? And like all those thoughts are just horrible um, to think. And you don't want to say it out loud because you're like, do anybody else feel like that? But I have like this email forum and it's actually quite common. So like in a way I was like, okay, I'm not the only one, but people are so scared to say it. Mm. That's why I think it's so brave that people like yourself are coming out about it because it's so horrible and you think it's only me. Yeah. It's only me. And I say with you, it's like with uh, anxiety and you're going, I'm a panic attack. What am I panicked about? You know, I'm a, I'm a bloke. I'm, a, I'm not anxious, you know, but really, we're human beings, yeah. And like, as you say, with uh, like postnatal, it's chemical with the body. And then, what what did you have you been to counselling, or is it just that forum? Uh, yeah. So at first, like, I was just refusing all help. Like, I just, you know, my, everybody was like, "Oh, we'll come over. We'll help you. We'll take him off you for a bit." But then that guilt sets in. Like, no, but I need to do it myself. So I was becoming stubborn. Like, no, and then. When he was saying get help, I had the health visitor came. She did like a score sheet and then they offered um, over the phone counselling. And it did help a little bit. But I think it got to the point where it was like, obviously just trying to be on the phone and say how you're feeling, but you still got to look after the little one was hard. So you couldn't really, you know, offload because, oh, sorry, I'm busy. I've got to go type of thing. Um, But then he found an in-person counsellor. Um, which was nice because it was like she offered like a walk in the park as well so it was nice to walk and talk um, and that did help and I think since that to be honest I've been feeling a lot better um, but like it, it definitely helps to talk to someone I feel. I, I had a friend actually did um, counselling during lockdown and he had to do it over over mm-hmm. video call and, and they said exactly the same it was just you felt like that person was coming into your home as well, which mm. which made it a big difference. Or, or your wife's wandering around in the background, so you yeah. don't feel you don't feel as if it's private. Yeah. 
um, so it is different, isn't it, from meeting face in face to doing stuff over over video that's calls, it. especially something as personal as that. Well, that's it. Because sometimes, if I was at my mom's house and she could clearly hear that people were there, and she'd be like, "Are you okay?" To so it was nice of her to recognise and understand, but it was hard, and I felt uncomfortable to fully open up. Even if I did go into another room, I just felt like I can't fully say everything. Mm. Um. So, yeah, I think just being alone or, like, just going out and talking to someone was helpful. Well, it's out of your comfort. It's out of yeah. your bedroom. It's out of the living room. Because I did a little bit over the one of the lockdown. And it's the same my wife and daughter was down. And I was thinking, oh, not even like I was talking about them. Or, yeah. But you're thinking, I go to you yeah. to be open. Yeah. Here on Daddy. There yeah. on Kevin having a problem. That's it. And, it. and it's just getting that kind of break away for that moment just so you can be like okay i'm without child for now i can like offload and like she was lovely like you know she just it's just nice when they listen not that the first lady did it on the phone but it was just nice to i think be in person i just think that makes a big difference and some people you'll have rapport with yeah and i say this to so many people like you know once again with the teaching dancing and education some people you don't gel with so don't give up with it. Just find someone you're more suited to be with. Yeah, that's it. And I think that's what it was because, like, obviously I was grateful that he found the person. Um, and like I said, to be honest, if he didn't tell the health visitor, like, I would have just been getting worse and worse. So, like, I'm thankful um, that he helped. Um, you know, he realised that I needed it. But, yeah, it does. it just makes the world a difference, I feel. It's also hard as well, Champ, isn't it, when you're seeing your partner going through the mill? Because, like, with labour, with the cesarean, with everything, often when it's our partners who are going through the milk, we feel so vulnerable. We feel so helpless, don't we? Yeah, and I think I remember, I remember we had that quick chat off air. Um, like when you said, like, you, you well, she went in for a C-section. Mm. And then that point where you're outside, even though you're in the hospital with her, you feel like there's you're playing some sort of part. You're not really, right? Like, you're, yeah. you're an accessory. But it's worse when you're, like, outside the the room when they're starting the preparation for the c-section and that 15 20 minutes felt like a lifetime like you said you feel like oh everything's in that room there um and i can't lose it um and even even after i think it, it helped for me the timing really helped because i'm a teacher so i had six weeks off and then plus my, my paternity so i get two weeks which i have an issue with that anyway because i think paternity should be a hell of a lot longer because two weeks is not enough um but I had eight weeks with rather than the little one, so that helped. But I noticed the depression get pick up after I left. Mm. And I think I'd just be interested to find out if people could have an equal amount of time off, how how much like postnatal depression will go down. Because if you've got the support of your partner, like I could only help when the baby was here. <laughs> Prior to that, I'm, I'm, I'm useless, I'm a spare fight. I could have been a dummy or anything. Mm. Um, so when the baby comes, it, like you said, you feel a bit more involved, um, but it's, it's different for women because, like, I, I think you guys can vouch for it. Like women before they have the baby, oh, let's let's get this stuff ready for the room and this, and I'm like, we'll wait, we'll wait because you don't have that mm. that attachment just yet. Um, and I think it hits women harder, but um, yeah, and I'm just waffling a bit. But no, no, but I fully agree. Because the maddest thing for me because you go to the baby classes, you you, you get through and it's. My first child, and it was my wife's first child. But the maddest experience is you go into hospital as two people, come out as three. Yeah. And then it's, what do we do? Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, you, you my, don't realise the full responsibility till it till no. till that baby's in your no. arms, do you? Yeah. And then and then it's and then the next day you you're out and you're oh, my God, I've got to look after after this little thing yeah. now for, for the next eighteen odd years. You know, it's, well, it's, it's a funny. scary time. It is because the and I always say this to everyone, but the first night because he he loves his sleep, <laughs> so um, the first night home, obviously with the C section, I was like, I'm not very mobile. I'm gonna put the Moses basket on your side when he wakes up. Just like pass him to me. <laughs> so five o'clock, I hear him cry. I'm like, prep power, wake up. And I I knew this was gonna happen. He was fast asleep, <laughs> zonked out. I'm like, prep power, punching him, prep power. <laughs> like, what? I goes, he's awake. And he, he goes, what's the time? He goes, five o'clock. He goes, 
Pinky promise. I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and was, oh, can you change his nappy as well, please? So definitely hits you. I thought it was a test, but you know, people say like your life changes mm. and it, you don't realize yeah. how mm. much it changes because, like like you said, so when Rabbi the C section, she was like Arabic for the first two hours. So you just stay in my arms, and I'm like, I'm, I'm already, I'm looking at you, I'm like, I can't do anything, I can't sneeze. Like, if I sneeze, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> Well, I, I'm nervous walking back with carrying someone's beer. You know, I mean, I think if I drop this, he's going to never mind. Someone's kid, and then you're, you're holding it. You're thinking, do not move. Yeah. And when they put it, you just stay there for as long as it needs to be. And, it's... Yeah. and I think it hit harder uh, for me after, like the first six weeks, like the adrenaline. I was happy. It was fine. And then, and then it hit home, and it was for me. I don't think it was the fact I didn't want a kid or anything like that. I think it was the sheer weight of the responsibility. And then, obviously, it's not a blame game. Like, I, I took an extra role on at work before the holidays, thinking I can handle this. Mm-hmm. Then they had the baby on top. Then Rav had personal depression, which we weren't expecting. <laughs> and then when she got better, I started feeling myself get worse. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you, you, you don't feel right. It's difficult to explain. Like, physically, you don't feel the same. Like, I don't know what it's like in boxing, but, like, for me as a dancer, I feel like I lose that, that step. I feel like I lose a yard. Because <laughs> in terms of timing, we have to be on point and I feel like I'm I used to be quite fast at it but then I think the first couple of months after we had the little one I felt like I was a bit slower than everything and I just couldn't catch up and I was I don't think I was sleep deprived but I had so much on and uh, you have to be the strong person you have to be strong especially when your wife's going through all that you can't then you can't then crumble either because then it's yeah I mean like and I, and I say to him, look, I know it was hard for him, and I was difficult, and I understand that I was very difficult. Like, and I did say I'm not doing it intentionally, <laughs> but like, I understand it was really hard, and like, and I found like every time he had his holidays, like the school holidays, and he went back, I'd I'd just go back down. Like, I found it really difficult. Like, him being there was a massive support. Then him going, it was just horrible because I was used to having the extra help for like a week or two. And then to go back to being by myself was really tough. But the difference is, yeah, like, and I used to have a job, but like Rav fully fixated on him for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. But like me as a man, I, I react to sound. So he sat there and if I hear something like, hey, yeah, I'll go to him. But otherwise, then he's, I feel a bit more... Um, like, I think that's probably a mom thing, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. And it, it is, you know, it's... When you have a child, your first one especially, because I can, I can talk about that one, but you go from each other's worlds, you walk in, you give your partner a kiss, and then yeah. then your world becomes your child. She becomes yeah. the, the son, and sometimes you walk in, give the baby a kiss, and you walk past yeah. your loved one, your partner. I said that to him the other day, funnily enough. I goes, uh, excuse me, I'm here too. <laughs> and, and sometimes because sleep deprivation, yeah. the fastest way to make anyone lose the plot is deprived them of sleep yeah. and I, I remember coming in because i was up here at the club all the time and then trying my best to be with it and i go oh kate i am tired she goes, you're bloody tired oh yeah and i go whoa whoa we're in a competition we could both be tired yeah but, but it's divide and conquer and you find yourself because you love each other so much and it's i got up last night i woke it and you find yourself nipping into each other yeah and that's that's we we all go through that's so anyone yeah. who's listening to this it's not a new thing. It doesn't no. take it away from you. But every so often, check on your partner. Mm. And not just, you're right, Bab. Just go, are you okay? And if you are lucky enough, make a bit of time for the making, you know, whether it's a flowers or just a conversation or or yeah. if they're tired, say, go and put your head down and, you know, just try and be there for one another. Yeah, I think the hardest thing was that competition thing. Like, when I come home from work, like, teaching kids is not, like, an easy job, right? Mm-hmm. So when I come home, I'm tired. I used to be tired before the baby anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm coming home, and I'm like, same the first few weeks. There's a reality shock. I'm like, I'm tired. Well, I'm tired as well. Like, it's like, oh, I'm not saying you can't be. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, she's like, oh, it's hard work, you know. I said, I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying my work's any easier. And it was that sort of... Like you said, it's the, the it's, te- it's teething problems because yeah. it's a new experience for everyone. We haven't we haven't been through it, um, and I think like you said as well, like going from us two to three, because like we mm-hmm. were like you know we like going out and about, but obviously prior COVID, going out and about, 
you could just leave the house and not worry. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, okay, who's going to watch the child? Yeah. We want to do X, and, Y, and Z. Like, it's so and then hard. like yourself, like balance in the boxing. So like with, yeah. with us, with our dance group, uh, jewelry dancers, we, the, the balance at the start was just there. It was very difficult. Um, was, like I, I rather looked forward to it. I felt drained because mm. I've been out all day. I'm going back to go back out again, and she's been in all day. And she's going out, yeah. and it was. But at first, it was just obviously him doing it because I couldn't. Yeah, and that was affecting me. Like for me, that's something just I love and enjoy. Like I could dance for hours if I could. She hated me for uh, being able to dance, and she hated me going to work. She goes, "I'm actually jealous of you going to work." Yeah. I'm like, you know <laughs> well, I'll tell you the funny thing about that because I've like Kate had time off work with the the baby uh, a year off, and I was still at the gym and everything. And I used to think that, and she'd go, well, it's hard work being a mommy. And i go, well, okay, I've been out all day. Mm. But then the flip side of lockdown, my gym shut down, where yeah. she could work from home. Yeah. But then I become a full-time parent around working hours of a four- and five-year-old. Yeah. And in some ways, it was the greatest time of my life because I spent time with my daughter, who was normally yeah. at school, and I was at the gym. On other ways, keeping someone entertained and alive yeah. for eight, ten hours it was the hardest job I've ever had. Yeah. Because but I got to see it in two different lights of being yeah. a parent. Yeah. And it's different. You go, well, you're at home. But just because I'm at home, I'm That's working full time. Yeah. To enter. I mean, yours was a baby. Baby mine was a little girl. But you're having to, like, from the moment I woke up, she loved Harry Potter at the time. Harry, yeah. uh, Hagrid, yeah. what are we doing? I'm going, Hagrid needs a cup of coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. There's such a big misconception for women that just because they're at home isn't easy. I'm not saying, you know, he might have said it a couple of times, but just because they're at home, it's easy because they're at home. But it's like you said, to entertain whatever age, when they're newborn, it's a bit different. But like the older they get, they need more entertaining, they need more stimulation. Mm. And it's just so mentally draining, let alone physically. And it's like, but I, yeah, but it's I, just hard. What, what I learned from it, so to what I learned as well is like, whenever my phone rang, because I went from seeing 100 people a day to my wife, my daughter, next door yeah. neighbor over the fence. And every time my phone would ring, and I was Kev Dillon, yeah, daddy, I need to talk yeah. to daddy. Or, and then you find yourself staring at Peppa Pig or Fireman Samuel. And yeah, it was. Once again, it's almost the greatest part of my, talk, in my life. Otherwise, one of the hardest because mm-hmm. I had gone from a coach, I'd gone from a man to just daddy. Yeah. And it, it, it's it's hard when you lose your identity. That's it. It's hard then, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, and don't get me wrong, greatest job in the world. However, you need to remind yourself that I am not just a father, a mother. No. I am a husband, a wife, a coach, a man, a person, a woman. Yeah. You know, and you need those little reminders, those little uh, quality time for yourself, don't you? That's it. And the identity crisis is a big thing. And a lot, a lot of mums and possibly like, and dads go through that because your world changes. Like you said, you, you're not just individuals, you're mum and dad as well. Like and mm. you've got to be responsible for someone. So like for me, being able to dance was a massive thing for me. I was like, I need to do that because that's something that I enjoy. Um, you know, so that really helped me. And like for work, like even at the start, I was like, oh my gosh, I need to, I miss work. Like, cause I've just been used to working all my life really. So like to just be at home doing nothing, it's strange. But I think, I don't know if I'm, I'm an odd one. I, I've always said, don't get me wrong, I'm not taking nothing away from anything here. Like it's hard, <laughs> it's hard because like you're entertaining all day. Like sometimes I'm just sitting down in the living room and in a chair and it's fine. And I just have to go out of the room for like five minutes just to like decompress and gather my thoughts. Mm. But I'm, I'm, I've always said travel. I'd happily just be a stay at home dad if I could. And I, and I find I find that weird because I enjoy my job. It's not like I don't enjoy my job. But I think the first three, like you said, first four or five years of like your child's development, it's crazy. Like. My little one, our little one's only like eight months old, and I look at him. I'm like, he's already so tall, and he's he's sitting up by himself. He's rolling. He won't get his nappy change. He just keeps rolling, and he's saying, "Dad, dad, dad." He's getting cheeky, and mm. and I don't want to miss that. Um, so like for me, yeah, I, for I, dads, I think I that's like the aspect that. that's but unfair. I, like, the... but after all this, though, I've got to rate single moms. Honestly, yeah. oh yeah, 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 yeah. I can't. It's because at least with either of us, there's 
if I'm if I'm a holiday, she gets a bit of a break. I'm at work. Then <laughs> this is this is one thing that I, I won't forget. We had um, a show. <laughs> so there was a famous Indian singer that came, uh, and we got offered to perform with him uh, at Bradford Live. Um, on a Monday night, <laughs> so Monday night we had to perform at nine. We had to be at Bradford for about nine o'clock at night, perform, and then we'll be home. We were till about one o'clock in the morning. And um, what actually happened was we didn't get home till about half three in the morning. So we danced for about an hour, came home. I'm going to work the next day, and this happened a couple of weeks ago. If this happened in September, I think we both would have had a breakdown. Mm. <laughs> but a couple of weeks ago, so. I've went to work all day, put, put, we put a little man to sleep, then we drove to Bradford, performed for about an hour, drove all the way back, dropped off our team, we got home for half three, and then little man woke up at 4.40, which he never does, and he wants to feed. And I'm looking yeah. at her, she's looking at me, <laughs> I'm like, do you want to do it? Because, You're like, do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? <laughs> then, I, then I woke up at half six, and I woke up at half six, I went to work, she, she was at home, and I think balancing i don't know how it's with you guys but balancing because you mm. still want to do what you want to do mm. but the ch- child's always priority and it's either you miss your sleep mm. or you have your sleep and it's it's hard i don't think there is a balance to be quite honest I've, i mean i have three children my youngest is has a severe disability and um yeah i've never actually found a balance and i think you just you find a way of working around things yeah is the best way of describing it. I've never felt, I've never stopped and gone, well, actually, this is all working really well and I feel on, on level. It's yeah. usually like, oh, well, this one's all the way up here, but this yeah. one's down here, so I'm coping. And then yeah. it swaps, it's like that, you know. You, it's, it's, it's really, true. yeah. You just learn to cope and deal with the situation you're in, isn't it, really? That's it, that's it. And do you find, like, like dancing is your medicine? Is that how you met or is, how did Jody dancers yeah, get started? Funny. That's how we met. Yeah, it tells this to everybody. He used to be my teacher. Um, Again, everything, everything above board. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, then we we was like performing with a different team, and then like you know became good friends, and then it kind of led on from there, really. And then we did our own group, um, and then yeah, yeah like um, I, I enjoyed it, and like I said, after we had the little one, like my it changed a bit. For- because like I said, the, the, the workload, etc. So I found myself in the first few sessions, like when I was dancing, I'd always pick the songs that I liked because I knew when I got there and I was frustrated or angry, agitated, anything like that, I could just dance it out. And like I said, for that moment, you just lose yourself because you just you, you're just doing what you like. There's no there's no there's no pal, there's no daddy, there's not nothing. You're just doing something, and you're just out of. There's no anxiety at that point. As yeah. soon as that music's paused and you're looking around, you're like, oh, I've got to teach this class and then I've got to go home and I've got to do this and I can't. And then the thoughts start, and that train starts, and then you just sort of have to... Your mind's fully focused on what you're doing, isn't it? Yeah. And because you've done it for so long, it's almost in autopilot at the same time. Kind of like when you're driving and then all of a sudden yeah. you arrive somewhere. Yeah. You know, you're not really thinking about anything in particular, but you're focusing on what you're doing. Yeah, I like that analogy because like sometimes when you're on the M6, sometimes you get there like, oh, is that where we're here now? And it's (laughs) and sometimes it's like this (laughs) M6 don't stop, but um, and I think music's brilliant for that anyway. I mean, um, I love music and whether it's whatever, but you can transport to happier times, sad times, memories when you're on the beach and just going wow and. Anyone who doesn't like music, oh, it baffles me. I go, what do you listen to? I don't like music. I went, hey, on earth, can you not like any music? True, true. I think it's music so broad. Like, I listen to, like, Jay-Z, to Justin Bieber, you know, to Vongra songs. Like, I, I love – and, like, how do you not like something? There's got to be something for everyone, surely. And I don't know. I'm with you, Kev, there. And I always think, like, it's like with a hobby. And I think we've always, like, whether dancing, boxing, whatever, gymnastics – I would like the government, and this is something I would, I would like, because we, we, we will throw people in jail over anything. They will mess up, make a mistake, and throw them in jail. We don't even put them in rejab, we put them in jail. Why don't they fund places like yourselves or gyms or and just say, look, not yeah. just for kids, but for adults, we will give you something to do. Yeah. We will fund this boxing academy, we will fund this dancing academy, this choir, this turnip picking, yeah. whatever it, whatever it is whatever Star Trek convention, because we, we do our free classes up here in the daytime. And by giving someone something to do, 
keeps their mind active. That's it. And sometimes they go, well, it's only it's only three pounds, it's only a fiver. But if you haven't got that money, they can't afford it. Well, that's it. And I think what we're trying to do, especially like for our classes, we're not about, oh, let's make a profit on here. Like we we purposely made our prices affordable because at the end of the day, it's the enjoyment, mm. not just for us, but for people that can come here, have something that they, that's affordable and just let loose, forget about what's happened in the day and, you know, just take their mind so off things. Got, you've got YouTube stuff, that's free. Yeah. No, we don't charge for YouTube, no, no, nothing like that. And with our classes, I've always said, like me and I've always said, we don't want there to be a, a barrier. Mm. Like with mental health, for example, with GPs, the barrier is the waiting time. Mm. If there's something people want to enjoy, your barrier can't be a price. Now, mm. we we charge two fifty, um, two fifty three pound, um, and that works because it covers the rent costs. Yeah. And we're not there to say, okay, we need twenty people. We say we need forty people to make, mm. and then we can like get mackies or something. Like, no, no. But we put it at that price. We could charge five, six, seven pound, mm. but. And what, we often get told to do that. But what difference does it make? For example, now, what's going to happen there is someone that wants to come to our class but can't because of price. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to get into policies. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of what's happening. But I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think people are easy to criminalise mm. and blame someone. Like with, like with weed and marijuana, for example. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to take drugs, but each to their own, right? Yeah. Now, is 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 taking weed in your own house equivalent to raping or killing someone? But you get punished for the same brush. Now, if the government was to invest in like communities, in actually in the community, not to whoever in the community, and give people a chance. Now, mm. for people like how I see it, is alcoholism, drug addiction, they don't mm. want to be drug addicts. It's an escape from something. Why do they do it? Because it's, 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 it's easy access it's easier to access drugs and alcohol than services and that's a concern and then when you keep going down that route mm -hmm. what's going to happen is it's repeat so you invest in community community gets back community better crime rates slow everything like that or you can choose to put barriers in place shut down community centers then mm -hmm. push people down drugs and alcohol and, and then they, they arrest them yeah. they come back out they're going to reoffend because they've not had that rehabilitation any addiction any mental health issue any physical issue you need the help now if for example if i was caught doing drugs and they said oh you go to jail what help is that i'm going to be trapped in a space all i'm thinking about is getting out and then taking that next dose again and it's it's not good but you go to you go to jail to get away from the drugs but you're around drug addicts and drugs that's it, that's it. and you, we've all seen or know that it still gets you know come comes in anyway and I, so and i think that's why is it like i know you guys are saying like you said you do free class in the day and you're trying to help out as much as you can mm. and i i think everyone in the community especially these mental health charities are doing a lot you guys are doing a lot but i think the onus has to be higher up well, the thing is because you, you've got all these wonderful wonderful volunteers mm. as a, you know what i mean but who looks after the volunteers who looks after the carer that's it. and if you're saying all right we're going to work with these people fund it Mm. Because I, I can't remember the rights, that's how I'm butchery. But the price that it is for one male to go to prison could fund how many gyms around the country, you know, in one year, like because you've got to food him, yeah, know, sorry, feed him, water him, his gym, oh, and staff. you know, staff, uh, yeah, eating electricity and all that, you know. So, if we could think about prevention, that's it, not, not only preventing him from doing crime, but making him a better person, yeah. showing him. That you haven't got to be a scumbag to be hard. No. You haven't got to be vile to be tough. You haven't got to be this to be a man. And give them role models. And you know what? Give them love. What was that that someone said to us the other day? The opposite of addiction is connection. Yeah. And what we connect with is a gang, is with a substance. Yeah. So I can either have my role models on the street corner. Yeah. Or I could have my ro role models over here. I think what we what forget about we had a great guest on uh, John Reed who who goes into prisons and and tells stories and so and does songs and things like that. But he said something to to us on that day which really struck me and was that was these people who come out of prison could potentially be your next door neighbour. Mm -hmm. So while they're in prison, do you want them treated bad? But because guess what? If you're treated bad, there's a good chance you're going to be bad. Yeah. So and if we treat them well and rehabilitate and rehabilitate, mm -hmm. then. 
you'd be happy for them to be your next door neighbour. It's giving people the chance, and isn't it? But, you know, and, and then it comes back down to the case of mental health funding. We can't. How can you treat people if the the, the, the procedures aren't in place, the medication aren't in place, the counselling isn't in place? Like we said about the, doc, the GPs, the, the waits four weeks. Mm. If someone's calling and they're suicidal, they don't have four weeks. Yeah. Why not have four hours? We had Mike Wood, who's the MP of India, and he said on camera, he said like, and we said that. I went, uh, I'm going to kill myself. Can you phone back on Tuesday? And they said, um, but imagine, he, and he said, rightly so. He says, if you're having a heart attack, they don't say phone back on Wednesday. Because they know that is a life or death phone that's call. It, that's and that's what we've got to see this as. Mm. And to be honest, even when I was having the counselling calls, I, obviously it was through the NHS, but they, they limit it. I think you get six calls or something. But it was limited. And I was shocked because I, obviously you can't expect the calls to go on forever. But like at the same time, like if you're if after the six weeks you're not in a better place or you've had a dip, mm. what what where are you meant to turn to I, then? I had exactly the same experience in I think it was 2018. I had counselling um, on behalf of the NHS, and the and the first thing she said to me when I went in there is, "You've got six sessions." And you just think, well, if you're not well after six sessions, what what you know you just you kick down the road or do you have that's to go it. through the process again you know it's well, that's it's, it. it's absolutely yeah. madness to put a time you wouldn't put a again if you had a broken leg you wouldn't put a time scale on it they go yeah. well you you know it might be healed in six to eight weeks but well, if we take the cast off and and something's not right yeah then we'll we'll deal with it not well you've got six weeks if you take the cast off and it's not right well you're you're on the way down the road yeah we'll just cut it off yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've done it best, got for good. <laughs> it comes back down to money, right? So, for example, with the private sessions, I was, I was, I was, I, we were in a fortunate position where I could afford a couple for Rav to get her the help she needs. A lot of people aren't in that position. Now, I've always said, and I don't want to talk about policy too much, but a lot of it comes down to money. Hmm. So, if people can't afford to do certain things, right, then you, 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 you're pressurising them. So... I saw something, it was, it, and it really struck a chord. Like a few, two things that I saw. The first one was um, locally here. Um, a woman had to go to a, a working mom had to go to a food bank mm. to get formula powder to feed a baby. Now that that really made me upset because I'm like, what kind of country do we live in where mm. mom has to go to a food bank? And 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 the second thing was when we're talking about homelessness and and mm. this vilification of drug addicts and, and all this sort of stuff. If people just got paid properly, mm. and I don't mean ridiculous amounts, I just mean mm. paid properly. Because if someone's on benefits, and this is what bugs me about, you know, the term like chavs and benefits, it really bugs me because mm. someone's on benefits, got £10, they buy fags or or whatever. And again, I don't smoke, but they buy fags or whatever. They're bad people. But then <laughs> everyone above us is taking us for a ride and making millions, and they're good people. Yeah. And obviously, we've got gas prices going up, electric prices going up. Fuel. Fuel. I mean, fuel's ridiculous. Fuel goes up a tank now. And then, what, what are we going to see more? We're going to see more depression, more anxiety, more financial mm. worries. And, it, and like you said, how much can the volunteers actually help up to, you know? Mm. How much can well, we... I think we're going to see a big, big rise in suicides with what's what's to come in april to be quite honest i think in the next three months after that people because there's people already without paying these higher fuel prices because the knock-on effect of a higher fuel price as well it, it affects businesses so businesses yeah. then put their price up as you say petrol that goes up so people who have to deliver food or deliver this that goes up yeah and people are already on the breadline using, you know, we have the we have the highest rate in God knows how many years for people having to use food banks, mm. and now we're going to get hit with the with. Let's be honest, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Fifty four, fifty six percent rise just in fuel costs. Like it's it's impossible, isn't it? It's an impossible yeah. situation, um, and the government should be stepping in at this point and going, well, actually, people aren't going to be able to afford this. They're not going to be able to feed the families. It's it's gone past the point of choosing between fuel, fueling or heating or electric and food, mm. because that's that's where we're at now. In April, we've gone past that point. It's well, I can't afford fuel or food. No, you know, um, there's something got to happen because people are not going to be able to look after the families. No. Because the thing is, I mean, what we what we all offer 
dancing, boxing, whatever people offer. It's an escape. Mm. How long can you escape yeah. for? Like we, the, the consequence of um, electric and gas going up, we have to up our charge. And it's only 50 people. Mm. We're going to have to up our charge soon, right? Mm. Um, and with that, we don't want to burden people. But then at the same mm. time, we're not in a financial position ourselves, running a household to, mm. to supplement that. And it's a case of something's got to give. But then what happens is, is the good people who are trying to sacrifice, like yourself, like ourselves, who are trying to, you're making a foot. We put the burden on ourselves. Well, I, I, I can't charge Lee. And, I can't, and next thing you know, you break down. Yeah. And then once, you, once you've gone, where yeah. do they go? Or, or, or you can't afford the gym to run the gym. If you no. can't afford to run the gym or run your dance classes, then everyone loses yeah. out. Well, to be honest, like, a lot of the times, like, obviously, you know, like having your own business, well, you fork out initially anyway. Mm. But to this day, I think we, we always try and keep it reasonable. In fact, undercharge a lot of yeah. a lot of things just because it's more about the enjoyment. So, mm. like, if there's things we need, if it's going to cost you extra, we're like, okay, we need it. We, we'll fork out from our own money because um, we're not obviously probably making enough to cover it anyway. But you mm. do it because it's the care is there. You don't you've got a passion for it, haven't you? You've got a passion to teach people. So, yeah, you, it's, you do take that burden. You said, we've done it with a podcast. Um, yeah. We're in a lucky position this year where we had someone offer us um, – offers funding to to basically see us through the year yeah. hasn't it yeah, yeah. um but previous years the equipment and everything and and the the ability to do, put it out there on podcast it's it's been out of our pocket hasn't yeah. it and and we don't we we prefer it not to be because it you know it's it mm. it's ultimately it's our family who suffer that loss of money but we love to eat as well yeah you know, that's yeah. it but <laughs> we do it because we want to help people at the same yeah. time that's it and like we said and i think that's when we said the volunteers like i never had anxiety in my life i'm not blaming it down to that mm. but because when we worry about other people yeah who's, who's there to worry about us in mm. the sense of there's there's only so much give we can have and i think that's what's the news will affect us like you said yeah. i wouldn't be shocked if what um what was said was true in terms of suicide rates going up mm. people well, aren't I've said that about with with the lockdown. We will never know the true figures. Apparently, it's 19, uh, 19 people a day in the UK uh, complete suicide. Seventy five percent of those is men. One of those is a minor, meaning under eighteen. But that's we all, will, that's old data. Though, but it? we two thousand eighteen. I think. Yeah, and we will never know no. the reality. No, not at all. We will never know the, the true figures of. And as you said, the worst feeling for a parent is mm. when you can't provide for your family. Yeah. And you're thinking, my daughter needs school shoes, or we, how are we going to keep mom's house warm? How are we going to stay? Warm? And when that's when crime will spike. That's mm. it. By I mean, any means necessary, I will look after. And yeah. when you can't, gambling, gambling yeah. addiction, I'll put it all on red because I've got to pay the rent. Yeah. And when you owe the bookies, wouldn't you owe the credit cards? Wouldn't you? By all means, have been spent. People can't see another option. And please, yeah. Please, before anyone, if anyone needs feeling like that, there are other options. Mm. There are forums, there are help, there are uh, debt management out there. So please, yeah. because suicide doesn't just affect the person who takes their life, it affects so many people around them. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? It's like, it's a, it's a worry for anybody. And I think, you know, prior to having a child anyway, I was such a money worrier anyway. Like, I've always been pretty tight. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh. Save, 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 because you just don't know what's going to happen. I, I joke that a date night with her is a night to Greg's. That's why. Look at you. But yeah, like I think because my dad, my dad has always instilled it to save. So mm. I've just learned to grow up to be like that. But there's been positions where I'm like, I'm actually broke. Like, what mm. am I meant to do? And then the feeling like when I was younger, having to ask my parents, like, can mm. I just learn some money? I didn't like it, but if you've got your phone bill to pay or what you meant to do, like sometimes you're stuck and it's it, it's hard. And like now, especially having um the little one, you you think just so further ahead, don't you? Like what you know, we think about nursery fees and yeah. that's a con as well. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah. It's, it's it's mad because like 
obviously I'll be going to zero pay soon. That scares me. And it's like, we've got to pay for his milk. You know, he's going to have the next size up of clothes, nappies. And you just think, how am I going to fund it all? And And all that will go up. That's it. That's that's the sad thing. And these are your your bread and butter you need. Yeah, that's it. We've been struggling to get formula. And it's like scary because it's like, well, if we don't have this. Because it's out of of stock everywhere. Yeah. And it's like, I was breastfeeding for a while. But that was affecting me mentally. So, like, I stopped, gradually stopped. Um, so then when, when it was buying the formula, we was all right first. But the last month, we've been really struggling. Like, to ha- like we have to keep going out of our way to kind of get it. And it's it's scary that's happening now. So I dread to think what's going to happen after. I mean, if you think, like, on the mental state of, like, we don't we all just miss talking about Brexit? Yeah. <laughs> and, I, mean, but, I know, it's simpler times. But then we had, like, the lockdowns, obviously. And, like, you having a child for a lockdown. I mean, ew. at the beginning of lockdown, it was so, if you need your dog walking, if you need your shopping, yeah. that lasted for a few weeks, too, literally tripping over other moms to get the formula and pushing grannies over to get the toilet roll. And you're thinking, yeah, oh, gosh. What happened? Yeah. You having a child then? Was yeah. you was you using formula then, or was you breastfeeding? Uh, no, initially, um, initially I was breastfeeding. But I think whilst I was in the hospital, but then when we came home, he wasn't really drinking, so we had an issue there. So he was only having like one bottle a day, um, but he was sticking to the one bottle a day for quite a while. To be honest, mm. probably five six months, mm. and then it's that it's from that point that I started to introduce more bottles in the day because. For me, mentally, it was just so tough being the, the, the sole dependent person to feed yeah, it. You, you have to plan your whole day around it, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Like, like, I can't get to the shop now because no, all this is... not at all. Because it was just on demand. Mm. There was no time. Like, I didn't know when he was going to be hungry. Mm. And I'm not confident enough to breastfeed in public. Mm. So I just, I literally restricted myself to staying in, at home, which wasn't good mm. for me. And- I think we underestimated lockdown. Yeah. So during lockdown, we're like, oh, this is really good time to have a baby because we're home anyway. Yeah. But being at home by ourselves and being at home with a yeah. baby are too... <laughs> and, like, even with appointments yeah. and stuff, like, he couldn't come with me. Mm. And I, like, it was... A, it's meant to be an experience for you both, for your first child. Mm. So I felt awful going there by myself one because i was like i don't like being by myself and two like he couldn't experience it so we ended up having to do some private uh scans just so he could come mm. you know and it, and it's awful like stuff like that you're never going to get those first experiences back and i understand i totally understand like covid you had to be careful but if we both were having to do tests mm. anyway you know, and you're doing it together, you're sleeping in the same bed, you're in the house, you're thinking, well, if one's got it, if one's got it. That's mm. it, you know, and it, 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 it's it's stuff like that, isn't it, that you, you're not going to get back. And I think, like, even, like, I, I've met people, like my friends who've had babies over the lockdown, but normally you go and wet the baby's head, you go around nanny and granddad, you... Oh, it, yeah. It, it, but when you couldn't, and it was no baby groups, no socialising, no. it was just, you're in the house, yeah, without, without a clue, That's panicking yeah. and just bickering, and, it, and there's so yeah. many different forms of lockdown, isn't there? That yeah. No one will ever know about. And, it. and I think being at home, it made me really anxious to take him outside. Mm. I like they would say, "Go, go to a baby class." I was just like, "No, thank you." Like I can't risk it. Like I was so scared to go out with him because because of COVID. Because I didn't know what he was going to be like. What if he cried out and I couldn't control him? And it was just scared. I just didn't want to do well, it. I think the difference was that we were both very precautious. Mm. I don't know. I don't know which lockdown, lockdown seven or whichever one. It we were both very precautious. But then when I went back to work, like I was, because I'm a teacher, I was around kids and masks were mandatory. So I was wearing my mask and then no one's wearing theirs. And the point of a mask is you protect someone else. Mm. So I'm there and there's seven kids walking around, mask are mandatory, not wearing them. And I'm like, why, why am I then wearing it if they're not wearing it? And I'm selfish, but there's most of them aren't wearing it, so I took mine off. And then the first few weeks, I'll be coming home showering, wouldn't touch him until I've, you know. Yeah. And after a while, like, I, I relaxed and I thought, okay, because once you're in an environment, once you're in lockdown in the house, you feel like, oh, I can't, mm. put, you can't go here. Once I'm at work, it's like COVID never happened. So then 
when I came up, I saw that mentality shift because what she was like is what we were both like. And then when I went to work, I was like, it's actually okay out there, out there. Where she's like, no, it's not. But that fear's been so instilled. Yeah. Um, even with the haggy jabs and whatnot, the fear's there that, oh, you can't, can't go out. Don't get me wrong, sometimes I still get a little bit paranoid. Oh, yeah. I was the same as you, Deborah, because I, I, I was like that. I, I didn't leave the house because Kate was doing the shopping for yeah. mom, dad, the next door neighbour. So me and Jazz didn't leave apart from we go on our family walks. Yeah. And that was like, at first, it was like a zombie apocalypse. You never saw a soul. Yeah. To gradually see more things. But when I come back here to the club, I was I was wearing my mask. No one else had to wear a mask. We, you touched it, I wiped it. But eventually, being around more and more and more people, I got used to it. Whereas Kate didn't necessarily because she was working from home. Yeah. And I always say this it's very easy to scare someone. Yeah. It's very difficult to stop them from being frightened. Mm. And we we were bombarded with that. Like at the start, you're seeing people in Italy falling down dead in the street, and churches can't fill up enough mortuary. And we were bombarded with death. Yeah. And, we, and I'm seeing that now, like with what's going on in Ukraine, and mm. we all know it's terrible. War yeah. is terrible, no matter where it is. But we are being bombarded with fear, death, fear, yeah. death. and I worry about our children. Yeah. I worry about our mental health. Mm. But like with Jazzy. My, my daughter, I it was COVID, and she said, like someone said to me the other day, how's COVID? She went, I loved it being with daddy um, because we talked about, you, yeah, we can't, we can't kiss nanny because we yeah. can't wait because, but it wasn't frightening. And like with Rush, she said, What's happening, daddy? We'll be all right. What, why is she as a six year old child got to worry? Yeah, mm. it's true. And if it, I'll watch the news a little bit now when she's not there, yeah. I can't understand it. I don't understand many things. I'm thick, but I, I'll never understand what and why does that even need uh, to be in her world? And it's it's worrying because everything like you said on the news is negative. Like coronavirus had daily death figures, and you're like, mm. oh, so many people died. And then there was no context because when you mm. see like a hundred or two hundred or a thousand people die, like, oh my god, that's a lot of people, mm. which it, which it is, right? But then as soon as this Ukraine stuff happened, like I've not seen a daily death figure since, mm. and it's that. It affects you mentally because that perpetual fear of okay, like kids, kids in school are worried about getting nuked by Russia. And I said, look, the likelihood that's probably not going to happen. No, touch wood, right? Yeah. I said, that's probably not going to happen. But the, because the news is perpetuating yeah. this narrative of we've got to, this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this is bad, this is bad, Putin's bad, which he is, but this is bad. So this might happen. I'm like, you, you jump into too many conclusions and you're affecting people's judgment. Like the, the, the pandemic, look at the shelves. How, how are they at school? Because, I mean, once again, my daughter is six. Because she's at primary school, if I don't want her to watch it, she don't watch it. You know, she goes on kids' YouTube, on the tablet, you know, with Peppa Pig and Diddle Diddle. But when they're at secondary school and they've all got smartphones and they're on TikTok and they're on this, mm. and that you can't stop. Like when I was a child, we had four channels. You know what I mean? My parents could, but nowadays, yeah. they can watch what they want, when they want. And what I always remember at school is, if your mate said it, it was the gospel truth, because yeah. why would you like? Yeah. It's like when you get older, you go, oh, yeah, we're, um, I'm, I'm Peter Pan. You go, no, you ain't. <laughs> you know? But as a kid, you go, well, yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> and, but when they're on about serious matters of coronavirus, when it's, like when it's a nuclear war, I can see them being so petrified yeah you know what i mean each each kid does something different so we've had we've had uh brexit pandemic yeah. afghanistan ukraine and it's like bad 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 the, the worst the worst thing about social media is the fake news yeah now i feel sorry for the next generation because hopefully i'm all right i feel like i can tell the difference between what's propaganda and what's not right but mm. the lines are getting so blurred. Like, mm. what's fake news, what's not? I believe this, I believe that. And mm. then in terms of, like, when we talk about community and mental health, as a community, we can try and help each other. by finding similarities. Mm. All this induction of fake news, it, no, one believe, no, no one believes anyone anymore. Mm. And it's like, for example, now, like Sky News and BBC, for example, right? People took that as the gospel 10 years ago. Mm. And today people are saying maybe it's not gospel. And mm. maybe it's not. So, say if BBC manipulates something or Sky News say something mm. and think, oh, that, that, that bit's a lie. And then people are going to manipulate that even further mm. by telling their own lies while they're lying because of this. And I'm like, like COVID wasn't real, for example. Mm. Yes, it was. But was it as bad as what people were saying? No one will ever know, like you said, with the mm. suicide rate in lockdown. 
was it bad? Yes, how bad? We'll never know. Was it? Did it not exist? No. So it's like where the the flaws with social media as well. It it confirms your bias, doesn't it? Mm. So if you're if you're looking at, let's say you're looking at something, you've looked at something once or twice. It says COVID's not real, and you watch that video to the end. Yeah. The the algorithms then within social media will keep playing you the same videos because it yeah. knows you watch them to the end. So before you know, it, you've you've gone from watching two of those videos to watching twenty That's of those true. videos because it thinks you like it, whether mm -hmm. you agree with it or not, irrelevant. And I found this with myself when I set up the Black Country Blokes Twitter page because it because mental health affects everyone. We got followers and and um uh, followers from just about everywhere because i'll say it affects everyone and you start to then see actually it's it, you can see how clouded it is on your personal one uh, mm. because because we're seeing i'm seeing everything from d different yeah different areas whereas my personal one actually it's not it's more the things you yeah. enjoy and you like and it, yeah it's quite scary that yeah it just confer it it confirms what what you're already thinking doesn't it it puts stuff at you yeah. throws stuff at you that you're already looking at and it doesn't show you the other side of the the uh the argument as such and what's concerning is like people like with the algorithm stuff like government are using mental health as a sound bite for anything now oh let's let's mm. let's make sure we care about mental health but when you look at these algorithms so you it confirms your bias but or when you search for something and you see an ad for the same product or you say something and it appears on your phone Mm. When people are talking about suicide, when they're talking about like mm. ways to kill themselves or depression, you know, algorithms picking up on that to try and have stop a it, yeah. is, isn't a good. Does that make sense? So there's no nothing yeah. preventative to pop up say like, okay, let's stop and let's redirect you to this site or that site. Well, well our friend Alice has started something called Ripple. Have yes, a look at yeah. it. She's wonderful because her brother completed suicide, but she said if you type in suicide, it's going to show you how to complete suicide. <laughs> is and I thought, how can that? be possible you know what i mean how, how could that be like you know what i mean and once again with the drugs and let's lock him up for having a grow let's lock him up for having a couple of bags let's grow and you're thinking why aren't we preventing people from telling someone to complete suicide or paedophilia the, the real horrible crimes that's it and why aren't social media and these big companies putting more restrictions on devastation <laughs> looking up so he's trying to make a quick book or yeah. is an addict and i think more has got to be done for that i think it showed yeah. as well that actually the uh, social media has got more control you like when when everything was kicking off about trump whether you believe what he's saying or not they soon banned him when they didn't agree what with with what he was saying yeah. so if you can ban you know at the time the president of the united states then why aren't you banning people who putting things up about uh showing you how to complete suicide and, and things you know it's yeah you, well, like, you can do it it's it, like for some kids, reason they don't is it like blue whale or they like these trends that keep appearing for kids and they're and they're telling them to encourage yeah. you and then like step by step day after day you're going to get closer to like suicide yeah, like, it's, yeah it's, we it's, heard we saw it's horrendous we i'm not gonna uh, like, encourage yeah. People mm. searching him, um, but the different like, we saw challenge. certain games like that, and I've I've got you know nephews and nieces, so you just worry, don't you? you? Like, don't do download whatever this game is because that's what it's telling you to do. It's just what was that cartoon a few years ago? My daughter be about three, I'm about, and it was it's a Japanese cartoon, and it would pop up on Peppa Pig, and he's telling him to cut the hair or cut the face, and oh gosh, no! I, I, but it petrified me because you know you're you're in the share and you give them the tablet and yeah. and I said if you see this, I do you want to show the picture? You know, yeah. what I, mean? I said if you see anything, you turn it off and come and tell daddy straight away. And but you're thinking, what universe? Yeah, it's, are we living in? And that and that's sometimes a thing with like YouTube. That that's the scary part of it because people could upload something portray it as a kid's cartoon mm -hmm. but midway through there's something dodgy and you just don't know do if you're you? using someone else's music track which is quite protected did that video be removed in this yeah, <laughs> right. seconds yeah that's right but yeah. i mean it's been wonderful having you on i mean uh to talk about these things and i think it's brilliant we'll get you back on have you got any events coming up um yeah we've got a few like things in the summer that we're busy with um, yeah hopefully something with the Commonwealth Games as well. Touchwood, um, we've got a competition at the end of August, but we're free in the meantime. If you want to pop down to our classes, give them a check out, book us for an events and stuff, please get in contact and we'll see what we can do. How can people find you? Uh, so if you go on to our Instagram, Geordie Dancers, Facebook, 
YouTube, even TikTok. We're on um, website <laughs> and um, we've got a website. Yeah, um, so, so if you type in Joy Dancers on Google, then um, hopefully I've manipulated the algorithms enough that if you type in <laughs> Savage Joy Dancers, it should be up at the top somewhere. The um, links are in the description of the video of, I think, your website, your Instagram and your YouTube page. Yeah. So if anyone wants to find the, the links, just go into the description of the, this video. And where, and where are you based? So our classes are run in Wolverhampton. But when we do events, we we do travel wherever, really. Well, fuel prices have gone up this say. <laughs> <laughs> that will be incorporated. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's been it's been nice yeah, we've been speaking do, we, to you. Guys. We do love talking to you because it's like a, just a chat, isn't it? Like you're talking to your friends, and but you're talking about topics. It don't feel it don't yeah. feel serious, but it is. Yeah. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Because I come onto your podcast tonight. Are you still doing those? Yeah, we are. So obviously, with the little one, we've not had time to do um we wanted to do it in february but we've not, just not had the time but we are planning to do it um soon another series again yeah so we'll, we'll get you back on and how, how do they find that is that on your youtube channel as well it's on youtube channel we call it jewelry dancers talks um so if you go on there we're on we've got season, season three. three so we've got three seasons worth of talks you guys are in season three so if you want to check that one out as well guys um on playlists on youtube you type in jewelry dancers talks and the playlists are ready they're one to three on instagram as well Brilliant. And I'm going to ask you both, um, have you got any quotes? You can answer this individually. Have you got any quotes or sayings that have helped you get through life? Uh, my 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 personal favourite one is I've got this. No matter what it is, I've got it because it, like I like saying that to her because it reduces her stress. So she knows I've got this, even though I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> don't let the truth get away of a good story. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think I rely on him a lot. So... If he's good, I'm good. I, I don't know. I think I don't really have a personal one, but no. I, I rely on him too much, so I don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do without him. That's lovely. <laughs> well, thank you once again, and good luck for everything you're doing. Oh, thank you, and likewise. And like I said, what you're doing is brilliant, you know, like it's so good that men don't get this opportunity to talk freely and to get them to have the confidence to do it and get out the comfort zone but make it a comfortable yeah. place it's brilliant and, and guys aren't taking men don't aren't taken seriously so we're glad you guys are doing it. i love the name black country blogs it just gives us gives all blogs that platform well thank you guys i hope you've enjoyed listening so until we see each other next time take care of yourselves and each other to listen, listen, listen and that's a wrap for another show but if there are any comments or messages that you would like us to read out for our next podcast, please be in touch. There are also lots of different organisations at the bottom of this page and hopefully they can help you or someone you care about. Please share this to spread the word. Until we talk next time, ta a bit. Listen, listen. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for that. Appreciate it.